Hi and welcome. I'm really excited for this week's show because I am interviewing and going for some uh, gold nugget wisdom or truth bombs from a gentleman who I've known for a number of years who is a business owner, property developer and investor and all-round funny guy. Brendan. How are you, Brendan? <laughs> I'm not often referred to as a funny guy, but you know what? I'll take it. <laughs> Perry, it's great to be here. Thank you ever so much for the invitation. I, I am honoured to be part of this uh, podcast. Right. Okay. So let's get into it. Um, just, you know, I've known you for a whole bunch of years now, but I'd like to sort of introduce you to the audience. Um, so you run a business down in Melbourne where you operate all around Australia. Do you want to just share a little bit about your business? Sure, we run a, a business called Results Mentoring. Uh, Results Mentoring is an organisation centred on the idea of supporting people who want to be better property investors. Now, um, people get into property investing thinking it is just simply a matter of let's buy a property and do something with it. It'd be hold or rent or whatever we want to do. The dilemma you face though is that you're buying on a hope and a prayer that you know what you're doing with it or that at least it'll work out right or if I hold it long enough then things should be okay. Um, time and time and time again, we've learned that, that almost random purchases don't work. Um, sometimes you fluke it, sometimes you don't, but you don't want to leave your investing to chance. You don't want to gamble um, the success of your property investing future on time and a hope and a prayer that, that, that people move into the area and, right and, and, and force demand up. So what we do in uh, Results Mentoring is we look at a multitude of strategies that and pick those that best suit um, our members so a member would and again being a mentoring program uh, we actually ensure that there is a conversation that is personalizing their investing activity with the knowledge that we're able to provide uh, and what we find then as a result is people make far far better buying decisions uh, which allows them to be sure of the money they're going to make and allow them to assess the risk, be clear on the risk, understand their worst case, understand the upside, do the numbers in the deal before buying uh, to ensure that the profit is what it or profit uh, growth, the um, revenue is going to be what they want it to be uh, to satisfy the goals that they're investing for in the first place. So we've been running now for about 13, 14 years. Uh, really, it has grown. Uh, the depth of knowledge, our experience has grown and evolved. Therefore, our ability to train, teach and support has grown and evolved. Um, yeah. I, I, must, I must say too, Brendan, that uh, I speak to a lot of your clients and first thing, they all love results. And I can see why. Uh, I've spent a long time, nearly 30 years, teaching and educating all around Australia and overseas, but mostly here in Australia. And I've worked for quite a few of the property mentoring businesses or shared stages with them. And out of all the companies I've ever come across in that space, in the property education and mentoring space, your results is by far the one with the most integrity and the most support. And I think that just, you know, whenever I talk to your clients, that just gets... You know, that's, that's the constant communication. And one of the things that I really get is you create safety 
you've, you've sort of said that I've shortened what you said down there. So, <laughs> well, you do. Is you create safety in the purchase decision. You really help them. You train them. And you, you, the other thing that I think is really unique, you, you do a lot of one-on-one work. You and your business partners with, with clients. Yeah, really we, we are dedicated to getting the one-on-one right with people and to make it work for them, their strengths, their skills, um, their, their risk profiles. We work really hard and really well with um, them understanding them, our members understanding themselves before investing uh, because in doing that, then they can make better buying decisions. And, and I appreciate what you're saying around um, uh, people enjoying and, and getting value from the program. We have actually, a, from a business perspective, we have a 60% retention rate year on year. Um, and that's, yeah. that's unheard of. That, that's massive. Yeah. Well, uh, same for us in the sense of one of my mentors is amazed. He asked me how many people dropped out of our programs over the years. And I said, three. And I was really happy for them to go. And he said, <laughs> it's just unheard of. And I know you guys are similar. Yeah, correct. Your, your clients love you because of, of, of what you, you, you really care and you really go to support them. You're not there just to get rich like a, a lot of the people in that space. It's more about them than the client. Uh, yeah, I really uh, applaud you guys for the way you treat clients. It's well, really thank effective. you. Appreciate it. And again, you're part of that team. You, you, yeah. uh, who you are as a, as a presenter, who you are as a support mechanism, you're actually an integral part of uh, the Results Mentoring Program. Um, we have your recordings. We have your wisdom uh, kept on our our. Uh, website for people to access and is all about again speaking from the heart of wanting to make a difference for the member it is all about the member being able to understand themselves better and that includes the self-sabotage mechanisms all of the idiosyncrasies they bring from childhood bring forward that affect their ability to make great buying decisions we actually incorporate and i think we're unique in that field uh within the property investing communities um, around being able to support people not only for the numbers and the actual logic and, and uh, profit making, revenue generation, but also from the psychology being able to marry up um, uh, their history and being able to get it right relative to, to what they bring to the table. Yeah. And, and Brendan, just for a moment, if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about, you know, you're also, you, you move from your, having a business hat on. And then you put your property developer hat on and you also have an investor hat. So let's just say the property developer hat. Do you enjoy property developing? Is that something that you... I do. Uh, there are obviously challenges. Every deal brings a different challenge. There is no deal that runs perfectly. Obviously, some run smoother than others. And there are those that hardly run at all. Um, you do less and less of the hardly run at all as you evolve with your skill. Um, but there is... Uh, there is a joy in being able to make the difference and to make the money on it. You do it for the purpose of generating a profit. You don't do it for the purpose of beautifying the country or you don't do it for the purpose of, of um, uh, the fundamental purpose of housing. Uh, uh, you do it for the purpose of making money, but you've got to do it in such a way that you are providing a product that people want. Um, so it's the same thing as running a business, running a property development or managing a property development business is the same thing as managing a business per se. There are correlations there between uh, producing widgets as there is producing houses. Um, so, yeah, it, it is a business. The property development stuff is still a business. And 
again, all a perspective, people who are in business for the purpose of making money are all about in business for the purpose of making money and, and playing the game and getting better and better at it. Again, it's what this podcast is about. Yeah, interesting what you're saying because uh, I would uh, I allow property developers into my business program. I won't allow investors into my business program, but I bring property developers in because I worked that out years ago. It's a business, same fundamentals, everything's the same. And that's actually what I want to do with you in a second because uh, one of the reasons that I wanted to interview you today is because of the very fact that you are a business person, you're a property developer and an investor. I want to ask you about investing in a moment, but you really are sort of, you know, across the, all those major areas of, of wealth creation, you're right in there, boots and all. Um, not just the one, those three areas. And, and so what I'm going to be digging into in a second, once I've asked you about the investing, is what, from, from your perspective, um, what makes a really good business person? What makes a really good a property developer. I mean, what is it? What are the skill sets required? Or what? What has to? You don't have to answer that yet, just because I'll get. I want to ask you about investing for a second, because I can see you gearing up to answer that. I shouldn't have asked. Cool <laughs> question. Let's ask you investing, then we'll get back to that. So, from as from an investor perspective, do you love investing as well? Which is which is quite different to property developing. Yeah, but in, again, investing can come in a variety of different forms. So, um, investing could be I can go and buy a property. Uh, where I do nothing to it and there is a revenue generation that comes from it. It's all about return on investment. It's all about uh, low effort or no effort, if you can do it, low effort, um, uh, making your money work for you rather than doing any work or effort yourself for the purpose of generating a return. Um, and that is then, you know, you get two, two prongs to your wealth creation. One is that which is your effort and the other is that which, which is with your money. And if you can do money out of your effort and money out of your money, then you're accelerating your capacity to create great wealth for yourself. So um, from the property investing perspective, yes, it is all about what is the passive return on investment that I can generate over what period of time? Uh, someone once said, down, back, time, risk. Um, how much do I need to put down? When do I get my money back? Uh, sorry, how much do I get back? When do I get my money back? And what's the risk associated with me investing in this? Uh, so those four things are fundamental. Obviously, there are other questions you'd want to answer, like does this suit my goals? Am I happy with the ethics of the deal? Um, questions of that nature. What is, what is my worst case scenario? Um, and, and yeah, generally overall, is this going to benefit the objective of what I'm, I'm, I'm looking to achieve for myself? So um, as a property investor, there is investing money direct into property as a buy and hold. But as a property investor, there's also investing money directly into other people's deals. Um, if you know people who are doing the work for you, you can put money into their deals. So then you're doing an assessment on not only the deal that you're investing into, but the people who are running the deal. So you're doing a, a different level of due diligence about it because they are managing your money for you and you're trusting them to do so. So you need the runs on the board. You need the, the ethics of the person to be known, a relationship to be established, the deal to be known, the numbers to be known, the risk to be known. Then you can give the money to, to them and then they go and do their magic with it. So you are investing in another vehicle, um, which is pretty much investing in business as much as it's investing in property, depending upon the length of the deal. So if, sure. the, length of, if the length of the deal is a, let's go to write a wave of growth. 
Yep. Let's read the market, understand the market, know what the target market wants to buy, go and buy what they want to buy, um, run the wave of growth, then sell at the top end of the market where the, it's just peaked and starting to cool marginally and there's still competition in it. Um, that is a, an, an investment of nature that's semi-passive, semi-active because of the work you've done up front and the monitoring required to know when to sell. Um, you can do that on your own. Um, or uh, if you to invest that with somebody else who is then going to do some sort of renovation or quick fix at the back end to add, amplify, you're investing into a combination of investment and business. So the, the, it opens the doors. I mean, with a little attitudinal thinking, it opens the doors to actually creating a whole pile of um, different channels to creating wealth. Yeah, it's all, it's all strategy. And in reality, it's all business. That's what I'm hearing. It is just all business. I mean, when you look at investing from that way, it's wave of growth, you're picking trend, it's the same thing. Okay, so then let's go, let's go for some truth bombs. <laughs> I, I yeah. want to dig in and um, in, in your experience, and this is not just your experience as a business, business owner, as a developer, uh, as an investor, as an educator, this is, uh, comes from you coaching and mentoring. The information I'm looking for will come from you coaching and mentoring many clients. You have also been involved with many property developers and business owners over your life. Um, so what, what would you say are the characteristics or skill sets? They give us three, the top three skill sets and characteristics required to be successful in all of those three arenas? Characteristics is an interesting question. It's, it's, yeah, it is. Looking for a characteristic. Yeah, yeah, if you're looking for a characteristic, um, the, 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 the greatest characteristic is not to be emotional about it. If you're looking for a characteristic, you're not emotional about it. You don't want the big high out of I'm going for the big win. You, what you're looking to do is get the calculations, get the, the assessment right as a cold clinical assessment of... Um, and, and let's, if you want to talk about three things in that field, it would be you've got to assess what your customer wants. You have to be really, really clear on your target market and what they are after. You don't, you don't build something like a widget and then hope and pray the world wants it. You don't build something that is, you don't pioneer. You don't build something that um, you have to then spend an absolute fortune in market marketing in order to educate the bit, the world that they need your widget. Um, there's, look for the gap in the market, look for what people want already, don't pioneer something new, um, and then provide a channel of delivery for that. So what is it the target market wants? Now, if you're a property developer, you're looking for what a a person living in that area wants out of a new property. Do they so want can, I, can I just slow you down for a bit because there's a couple of different things in there. And yeah, I, sure. I, want to, I want to come back to what you first said in a moment about Emotion. being non-emotional. That's really important to me and it's something that we teach. But uh, just, just as you communicated then, I'm sort of seeing the course, one of the core skill sets that you're talking about is a real and some people have this naturally it's actually I, I i have this with a client if with a client's in front of me i have this 
I probably have it less so for the marketplace, but what, the ability to identify what the marketplace wants is something you're saying and it keeps coming up in your communication then. Absolutely. It is critical. Right. So there's a tapped in. So it doesn't matter whether you're property developing business, it's being tapped into what the marketplace wants. Correct. So it requires investigation. Yep. It requires investigation. It requires you, you going out there and meeting and greeting, talking to, listening to, immersing yourself in the target market. And, and as a small business, you do this. As a large well, what, what multinational, you'd get others to do it for you. But, but really what you're Sorry. looking for is an understanding of the market. Yeah. Brendan, I want to really slow it down because, like, you know this subject really well, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> All right, okay. I'll, yeah, I want to slow it down just for the listener because, sure. you know, let's just get and stay with that thing from the perspective of when you can identify what the marketplace wants, yep. let's look at the three things that that does that, 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 that why that creates the advantages and, and I'll say the first one. Well, if you know what the marketplace wants, you're diminishing risk. In, incredibly so. You're diminishing risk. What else? Ab what absolutely. Else? All right. What so else? if you know, if you know what the target market wants, yeah, let's, and, and great point, you know what they want. You know not only what they're after, you can then assess the cost that it takes to deliver that and ensure there is a profit before starting. Um, you, you build according to target market satisfaction. Great. Now, so, right. So the advantage of that, knowing what the, the, the target market wants, we diminish risk. We can do our financial analysis. So again, there's two things involved with that, that diminishes risk, or we can uh, more likely to have a guaranteed upside. So it's all well, about you, risk away and guaranteeing that. You get, to an, you get to know the profit you're going to make before getting in. And, and the financial modelling for a business, for a development, for building, for anything that you put money into, you want to know what you get out of it before you get in. Great. So I want to extrapolate the next point. By the way, I was with a psychologist about two weeks ago. He's a friend of mine and he's a great. He works in corporations, actually. And he's just doing what I'm doing to you now. He really listens and he'll, he, he picks up this, he's got a word for it, it's like a psychological word for it, but he picks up what you're saying or come out and say, you'll say it two or three times. Because um, we're so close to ourselves, but he would then extrapolate down from what I'm saying, but I could really see, you could, he could really understand me from doing this. So that next aspect, of course, is you keep talking about financial modeling. So we already know the first key thing that you're talking about is the ability to know what the target market wants. And now you've said it about three or four times in a different way, the ability to analyze financially costs of- Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And again, it goes into knowing what you're getting out of it before you get in. If you go in with a, I've got an idea, let's make something happen and let's build it, you are hoping and praying that it will work. Don't do that, you're gambling. Yeah, there's a massive consequence to going down that path. Let's avoid that. What we want to do is if we know the target market, we know what they want, then we know what they're willing to pay for what they want. Our role then is to model the construction, the, the widget, the whatever it is in business, whatever it is in property, the model, uh, create what it is that they want, cost out what it is that they want. 
um, so that we can then determine during the, the time that it takes or the costs associated along that timeline, um, the production cost, what are the, all the costs associated with production, um, and what margin is left over for us to assess fixed cost, variable costs in a business sense. But the intent is to understand then that there is a prize and the prize is big enough. If the prize is not big enough, just it or don't do it. Yeah, you have to have a reward that justifies the risk. Because if you, if you put it all on the line on a hope and a prayer that we can squeeze this much out, um, you are setting yourself up for a job. You're setting yourself up for a fail. Don't do that. What you want to do is make enough money out of it such that the world becomes an easier place to go on to the next thing or to model. Yeah, it just makes sense. I mean, you're just developing accuracy and, and, and from, from that financial modelling, you know, you're really able to set your budgeting and those types of things so that it's, it, it's you know, just, again, it just takes away risk. What would you consider, uh, uh, you've given me three, but let's go for one more. Is there one other characteristic or skill set that you think a person must have to be successful in either of those three there is, there is. Of so let's just, let's just clarify the things I've talked about. Motion being the one, don't be emotional. The second, yeah. uh, another one being um, to the financial modelling for their risk assessment. Um, uh, sorry, the second one was customer. No one did what your customer wants. The third one was use the customer's information for modelling. And we've talked about risk. What, what, would you want to delve into any one of those or is there more that you want to well, I want to come, I'll, well, I'll just go to that first one. Um, around being non-emotional. Look, it's one of the things that we really teach. And most people are emotional. I think there's some really important things to talk to about that, especially for the audience. So um, from a, a, a brain science perspective, when uh, people have money on the line, so we've got, we've got, <laughs> we've got our frontal cortex, we've got our, which are considered the executive functioning areas of the brain in the sense of making good quality logical decisions um, and then we've got these sort of archaic layerings in the brain structure and the base one is in, in what they call the three brain model is the reptilian mind mm -hmm. and the reptilian mind's all about fight flight alligator yeah alligator uh, yeah another word I can't say, something i like to do and feeding right so it's the four f's and what happens with the brain is, and this, this happens for early stage investors or early stage business people, because money is tied on the deep archaic levels of the brain with survival. And we are wired to fear loss more than desire gain, right? Mm -hmm. so, so typically when someone is first setting out in business or first setting out in investing, they're moving out of their comfort zone or their competency zone. So not only, like if anyone's moving out of their, their comfort zone or competency zone, by the way, they're the same thing. You're, you're, you're going to be confronted. You're going to meet your self-doubt because all of a sudden, you, you know, when you go to your work and you do that 24 hours a day or, you know, you're not going to do it 24 hours a day, you get what I mean. You just get really competent at that. You're very good at it. So that makes you, feel safe and feel good about yourself. The moment that you are starting to build business or starting to invest and it's not something you've done before, um, you're, you're going to meet your self-doubt. There's just no way that you don't meet your self-doubt unless you're one of those very rare people who is arrogant. 
<laughs> yeah, but that brings its own dilemma, doesn't it? I was about, I was about to say, it brings its own dilemma. They're going to stuff up as well. So you've got the self-doubt going, but then you've also got this whole biological wiring that's like, don't lose money, don't lose money, don't lose money. And what this does is it triggers the amygdala. And once the amygdala is triggered, uh, the person will feel the amygdala being triggered, which is part of the reptilian brain, and they'll feel the adrenals, they'll have racing thinking, pumping heart, uh, nervousness, and that diminishes the frontal cortex ability to think. So just coming back to what you said before, this is the challenge for most business people is bringing their emotions under control. And because I'm always going to bang on about this, meditation is proven to decrease amygdala activity and increase the frontal cortex and its ability to work. So by, by meditating, we decrease the amygdala, we decrease the survival fear that's stuck in our biology, and we can get back to doing what you have just said, being unemotional in our decision-making process. Well, okay, so from a layman's perspective, not trained in this as much as you have, having spent the decades on it that you have, but, but have played in the field before, in layman's terms, what I'm hearing you say is um, just the simple act of maybe breathing slowly for 10 breaths in and out. The, where I'm come, what I'm hearing you say is if you take the sense of urgency away, so take the time to uh, meditate, take the time to breathe, it re removes the sense of urgency they're lifting the sense of urgency, lifting that time pressure around making a decision, making a decision now and the anxiety about immediacy. By removing that, you're actually lifting the tension away from what's happening in your brain to allow the calming to occur and then a, a clearer thinking. C correct. Like um, if, if someone's watching this or listening to this and they don't want to be a spend time learning to meditate. I want to slap you if you don't want to, but I'm joking. But it, it, what Brendan said is, is correct. Like if you were to slow your breath out. So we know the breath is one of the only mechanisms that can control our nervous system. So by slowing our breath down, um, long in-breath, long out-breath, if you did that for 10 minutes, your entire system, and the best word for it is cause, it cools because the, the, the other word is it gets heated when you've got this anxiety moving through you. So it cools it and relaxes it. And as you cool your nervous system through using the breath, you will diminish anxiety, self-doubt, and be able to think in a faster rate of manner. So yes, friend, and I'd agree with that. And there are, there are other aspects too. Like, again, when you're, if you're an SAS soldier, an SAS soldier, I've had a few come through my programs, and they're really interesting. They really love the meditating, every one of them, because they are used to disciplining their mind, that they're used to doing that. And so they've had their practices and breath was used by SAS soldiers to control their states in highly stressful situations. So interesting point then, if we, if we look at the psychology of um, stress and, the psych and, and, and apply that to business, the answer comes down to risk as an idea. One of the topics of that would be risk. Um, so risk as a form of, um, there's risk, multiple forms of risk in life. And if you're in a state which is highly anxious, highly aware, uh, tense, 
then you're feeling a risk that is immediate. You're feeling a risk that is right here and right now. If you take the time to be able to go and breathe, even three breaths as a minimum, you get to see that actually nothing is going to stab me in the back right now. Nothing is going to come down on and squash the body flat. I'm okay. Um, I am safe. If you have a sense of safety, of physical safety, then and and you you by breathing take this, uh, the the overpowering feeling of of risk and fear away. Once you're back into a safety mode, then you can start to think more clearly and rationally about what's going on. I'll co correct Brendan. So all the science shows us that the stress. See, uh, your your experiences with with the. Uh, your mentoring clients where, you know, rationally, because let's look at this, and it, it comes back to the things that you've said with the other characteristics and skill sets required. So you're talking about being clear about what the target market wants. You're talking about being clear about your financial analysis. So at the end of the day, risk assessments is done from the logic aspects of the brain. It's analytical. But what you are seeing all the time is that when someone's got what we call an overactive, uh, activated nervous system, the emotions override the logic. Yeah. The emotions don't believe what the logic's saying and the emotions will carry a story with it. And so it's exactly what you said. It's, it's saying, oh, this, this emotion, this, this fear is present now, this risk, risk is present now. And even though logically there's none, it will start to override the decision-making process. Now, speaking of which, there's the flip side of that. You know, the two most primal emotions are fear and greed. If, if we have a risk scenario, fear-driven anxiety that has built up an anxiety in the body right here, right now, we can address that with the simple breathing and meditation, recognise that we're safe, recognise that no physical harm will happen to us right here, right now, and then allow ourselves to calm in order to make more logical decisions and free our mind for more logical decisions. The flip side of that is the greed, which is the, oh, if I get this right, I'm going to make a packet. Let's just go for it. It is, the, it is the arrogance and the gambling of, no, 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 I don't need to do any of that assessment. This has got to work. Um, I know what I'm doing. I've been here before. This is going to happen. Let's make it happen now. Uh, bugger the, uh, bugger the uh, assessment. Let's not worry about the target market because I know the market well enough. Let's just drive straight in. Greed. I see money. I see money and lots of it. And that is the counter position of emotion that has the equally powerful effect of diminishing logical decision yeah well and, and again you can see it's, it's it, that's emotion once again because greed is an emotion overriding by the way when greed gets activated it lights up the same area of the brain that sex lights up and that cocaine when someone's taking cocaine same area and so overrides logic again so this comes back to your your first point doesn't it it's about being emotionless in the decision making processes yep so brendan we've been through there we've got three is there one more that you think would be really important one more skill set or character trait that you would consider necessary yeah to be successful i've got i've got one more i think i'll uh, do one each Mine would be communication, the ability <laughs> to get <laughs> team mine. in place. Yeah, team. Um, 
you are not an island. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna come up with one other, which we probably won't get the time to talk about now. Um, and it's all about mindset and context. Yeah, all right, you do communication, I'll do mindset and context, yeah? Okay, so, I'll be real quick because I haven't got much time. I'll go to communication and then you're gonna to go to, I don't even know what you're gonna be saying. No, 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 I'll, I'll go first, I'll go first, I'll go first. Okay. Okay. All right, ready? Um, yeah. uh, context, it is all about your frame of reference. If you are an employee and have been an employer your entire life and you're looking to make a million out of a business, it's not gonna happen straight away. You need to grow into that mindset. You need to evolve your thinking and your context around assessment, risk assessment, and assessment of, of the, the modeling of the business. Um, it is a very, very different way of thinking. So don't simply walk from one way of thinking into another and assume you'll be okay with it. You need to grow into that. and it requires you getting support. It requires you going to Perry and, and talking to Perry about what it is that, that he does so that your frame of reference is right. The number of people that trip up going from employee to investor, employee to business owner, trip over themselves is massive because they bring baggage and a way of thinking from their, their history into their new way of, the, the, the new thing they're looking to do and it stumbles them because their frame of reference is wrong. Yes, so, so as a, as a, a principle based on what you're saying, everyone needs a mentor, right? Because... And, and that's exactly where I was going. But yeah. Property investors, all the people that I, I support with are property investing. The, the, it's a good six, 12, maybe even 18 months, but depending upon how entrenched people are in a way of being, um, to shift a thinking that allows doors to be opened and a perspective to be seen, because living a certain way and trying to be another way you're walking into an area that you don't know that you don't know about that stump that you will fall over on as things come and hit you from left field don't do that you've got to grow in it you've got to grow in and evolve into that so allow time for the transition allow baby steps as you grow into it or seek support from those who have done it before get a mentor from the people who have done what you want to do um, so that they can Educate and train and support you with the traps for young players. Stop and, and, and have you not stumble over your own feet just through, through a lack of understanding or knowing. Really interesting, isn't it? Because as you're communicating and thinking about, you know, it doesn't matter what level you arrive at, you need a mentor. I still have mentors and I'm thinking about my mentors. Now, my mentors, you know, some people would look at my mentors and go, oh, wow, like as though that because they're very well known, they're famous there. Um, you know, but they had mentors, right? Because mm. no matter what level of game, when you're going to the next level of game, you need someone that's been there and can see the challenges and problems that you're not seeing yet, which is what you just said. So as a segue then, your mentor therefore becomes part of your team for which communication is required. So over to you. Yeah. So again, last one, people skill communication. And both those things come... Uh, uh, tying together. So it's knowing people, understanding people. Actually, it's really important to develop a real clear idea about people, even having an understanding about the psychology of people. So I, I'm thinking about a couple of really amazing uh, friends that I have that are very successful in their own right. And they've never studied human behavior, they've never studied psychology, but I just know when we sit down and we're talking about people, they are very accurate because they have to be accurate in assessing people. They have to be accurate in assessing their characteristics, their qualities, who, who's going to undermine them, who's going to support them. Um, and then also uh, coming back to what Brendan was saying before, 
once you know people really, really well so that you can assess and know who you need on your team, how to communicate to each of those people to get the most out of them. Brendan, if anyone is interested in learning about property investing, wanting to upgrade their property investing because they're already property investors, how do they find you guys? How do they find results? What's a good way for them to? Three ways. Um, one would be simply look for resultsmentoring.com, not resultsmentoring.com.au, resultsmentoring.com, uh, and that will take you to our website. Um, call us in the office. Uh, number would be 03-8843-7700, and one of us will pick up the phone. Or email me personally, if you so wish, uh, Brendan, B-R-E-N-D-A-N, at resultsmentoring.com. Great. Thank you, Brendan. And for those that are interested, uh, check out my profiling system that will show you your strengths, gifts, and weaknesses as an investor or business person. And just check that out at perrymartin.com. It's usually sitting around on our front page. Um, and if you are a business person and you really want to go to the next level, then come and work with me in a strategy session. It's free, 45 minutes. Don't turn up unless you're willing to look at yourself because uh, I can see. Um, but we'll work on you and what you need to do to evolve your thinking and beliefs and behaviours. And we'll also look at what's happening to your business strategically. Where are the roadblocks and how can we start moving you? Anyway, I've really enjoyed working with you, Brendan. Perry, thank you ever so much for allowing me to join you. It's been great. I actually want to do another one of these with you soon. I've just decided. We always have <laughs> together. But I, I, yeah, I'd, I'd like to dig into a particular subject around financial analysis with you really soon. I think our, our, our clients, business owners or investors, would get a lot from that conversation. Thanks, everybody. Happy.